Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. Uh, talking about, uh, and, and again, I'm watching between uh, commercials here and as the uh, newscast was on, I'm watching uh, live coverage of uh, the house that is sitting right now. And this even came up, uh, and why wouldn't it come up, uh, in the house when uh, uh, the leader of the Bloc, Quebecois, asked a question to the Prime Minister and hoped that he would uh, do more than give the silence that he gave yesterday. Um, during a press conference yesterday, when asked about the actions of the President of the United States, um, the Prime Minister paused for about 23 seconds and then gave an answer. Uh, that has made attention around the world and drawn more attention to the question uh, itself, which he didn't answer. And whether that was planned or whether that was uh, the way the question was poised, and uh, uh, who, who knows? But the, but the point is, at the end of the day, is we don't know. And I think that's what a lot of people are getting tired of with this prime minister, is we just want a straight answer on things. Uh, rather than having to go away for 24 hours, and now no press conference today because he's involved in a series of meetings, so I'll have to wait until tomorrow to figure out exactly what he's thinking or or, or what he wants to say. And, and many, uh, you know, uh, compare this to the situation and the stance that he's taken on China. We just don't really know what is going on here. Uh, to talk more about all of this, Alyssa Freeman is with us. Alyssa PR, she is on the air now. Alyssa, thanks so much for the time again. Much appreciated. Hope you're doing well. Yes, I am, Scott, as you are hopefully doing your, you're doing well, too. So I'm watching this yesterday, as I always do, and I've got a whole list of notes here from every single uh, uh, conference, that, press conference that the, the Prime Minister has, has given. And I think I might have been in the middle of uh, getting a coffee or something, and all of a sudden my device went dead, and I had thought I had lost you know, m- my connection at a time when there was a very important question being asked. Um, but anyway, uh, it seems now we're talking more about this than the actual uh, question itself. Uh, your thoughts on, on what you saw yesterday, was it planned or was it just him gathering his thoughts? Oh, no, this wasn't planned. And if I was uh, the PM's comms team or chief of staff and I'm sitting there watching in some other room this press conference, and I'm sure that they do every day at 11.15, I would have been looking at the TV going, okay. We talked about the answer. You have to say the answer. We agreed on the answer. Why aren't you talking? So that's one thing. Me, as a Canadian, watching this on the news, I just sat there and looked. And I'm like, why aren't you talking? It was like really an uncomfortable moment for everybody, not just probably for the PM, who may have been rethinking about what his pat answer was. Um, But to start to rethink about that in the moment when the whole country is looking at you at a set time every single day, was very uncomfortable. And so, you know, Scott, so what happens in that 21 seconds? Well, obviously, he's, he's rethinking his words, and he's also probably going through a pro and con in 21 seconds about what he wants or doesn't want to say. So when you have that type of silence, what happens is that other people will fill it in for you. And yeah. I think that's what we're seeing all over the media all over the Canadian political spectrum, is that, okay, this is what this silence means to me, and here's how you should interpret it. Yeah. I, uh, uh, you know, many have said that when he, he does these uh, 11 o'clock press conferences that he doesn't really answer questions. He's just asked about a topic. He pulls the strategic uh, file out of his head, and he says the prepared answer. 
why would it be any different here? Why would he just not have pulled out that that prepared answer that he always does? And, and it's irrelevant whether it answers the question. It never does. Well, you know, a lot of people have been saying that, and I think that, you know, a lot of the questions that he's being given by the media are fairly lobbed, lobbed questions, simple questions for which he could answer. Um, you know, so, you know, there's that also. Uh, what was he thinking? You know, it's really interesting. And and here's the part where, you know, uh, someone who comments on PR and pop culture, such as myself, you know, you really hate to speculate in my practice of, you know, media training and, and public relations and strategic communications, I always say to my clients, don't speculate as to what you don't know. So I think I can only um, talk about this in terms of speculating about his behavior. I think there were a lot of things running through his mind. You know, here you have a genuine dif- a divide between black and white America, uh, between uh, black America and the police force. And here you have a prime minister who just a year ago or less, was called on his own blackface, uh, ill-thought shenanigans. So I have to think that he's thinking, how can I comment on this where I myself have transgressed? And when he got back into the House of Commons and he was he was talking about it, he did fall back on that narrative. You know, I have struggled with my own behavior, um, and, you know, I am still sorry for that. So I think that... Here he is, head of state, head of a country. He's now going to talk about black race relations, whereas he himself is not exactly a shining example. So if I had to guess, I think that that's what was running through his head. I've thought that many times. How does he, with a straight face, answer some of these questions, considering those three situations that we know of? Um, So how does he do that, considering that he has, there are pictures of him posing in blackface? How does he address this? You know, it's really interesting, and I think that's what we're going to watch in the in the coming days, because I have to tell you, this is not the first time that he is going to get that question. And the second time he gets the question is, he better be ready. So, you know, I mean, there are those who feel that the prime minister, um, you know, they're giving him a pass. I mean, there are many people who are giving him a pass and thinking, okay, well, at least you just didn't give me a pat answer. I'm glad you didn't shoot straight from the hip. And I'm glad that you were taking the time to think about it. Even though it was the 21 longest seconds I've ever seen take somebody on TV to answer a question. But, you know, and then there are those who kind of recoil from that and who recoil from Trudeau's willingness to acknowledge uh, this country's shortcomings as well as our neighbor's. Um, you know, and it also speaks to, and maybe the other thing that was running through his head is, you know, how are my relations with the U.S. going to be going forward? And if I, what I say now, is this going to come back and bite me? Very much as the same as with China. How does he keep painting himself into these corners? You know, and and then yesterday he was also talking about other foreign policy that, you know, apparently he as a Canadian or Canada doesn't support. And I'm thinking, you know what, Justin, can you like not wade into foreign policy right now? I mean, honestly, your your foreign policy track record is abysmal. And now that you're just catching up to what other countries are doing or they've been thinking about doing for the past decade and now you're weighing in, 
you know, the other thing with China, too, and listen, I'm not an expert on that, but, you know, always in the back of my mind, whenever I talk, you know, about Canada's relationship with China, I just think about the two Michaels. So if what if what I'm saying is going to damage any progress that we have made to date that we certainly don't know about, but you have to believe that it's happening behind the scenes. So, and he's still dealing with the Saudis. I mean, there's a lot of things that, uh, as Canadians, we don't agree with on the foreign policy front. And, and, and you know, I think there's just some of that stuff he's not really willing to talk about. Uh, does he need to give us another answer on this question? Yes, he does. And that's going to come. And uh, there will be more answers that we will seek. I mean, there, going to be, there has to be a better answer as to what you think about what's going on with our neighbor to the south. There has to be a better answer as to, so how do you take the learning from what you've seen in the U.S. and make sure that that doesn't happen here? Uh, there's a lot of answers he has to give. And, you know, some of them can't be the cursory, oh, well, we're going to look into this and we're going to strike a task force or we're going to do a listening session with all Canadians. I mean, that might be one of them. But, you know, he has to be very careful because, Canadians now see how fast governments can really move on files when they need to. You know, we mm-hmm. have seen how fast uh, the Ontario government, it took them three weeks to find projects, um, you know, health, health and medical projects uh, to fund in order to co- uh, combat COVID. And whereas a review process uh, or a peer review process normally takes anywhere from 18 to 24 months. So we know how fast things can move now. And every decision you make has some sort of domino effect, whether it's saying that you have enough N95s or you don't have enough N95s. So the, 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 the Canadian public is much more savvy as to a, you know, a, a direction of time and how long things take. So when you now say something, people remember, people look at the time frame and people think, well, you know, you talked about this then. I don't know how much of a pass I'm going to give you for not doing anything about that in the future. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. So how is this playing in Canada? Uh, Other than we're all trying to figure out our own version of what he said, uh, is this just another situation that he avoided, another question he didn't answer, another another challenge that he didn't meet? I mean, because, again, he has been painted as someone who will sit in the middle and not really take a side here, won't really uh, referee a situation like this. Uh, is this another one of the – how will we view this? Will we view this as just another thing he he, he couldn't confront? Um, you know, that's an interesting question. And, yes, I mean, uh, I think if you look at the tip of the iceberg, then yes. If you start drilling down into it, which every commentator and pundit, including myself, is thinking, okay, well, maybe this is what was going through his head. Um, I think that there needs to be a more complete answer as to what Canada's uh, direction is or what Canada's philosophy is on this. And I also think that you have to look at it in the course of everyday business, you know, can they afford the resources to start looking at this? And I and, and I know personally from my own practice that, listen, other government departments are now starting to go back to business as usual. They are. They are doing that. So if he needs to appoint somebody to start looking at this, then maybe that's the first step. Um, the second step is, you know, to have that conversation with Canadians. Um, and, and I think he has to do this, you know, 
his father was the one who famously said that Canada is a, is a mouse in bed with an elephant. Hmm. And if the elephant is sick, you know, we still feel those reverberations. So to ignore it um, would be folly on his part. So is the question the important issue here or has now the answer or lack thereof superseded the question? Instead of it being a question on what's happening in the United States, it becomes a question of the clarity of the prime minister, the transparency of the prime minister, and his inability to communicate with people. We saw this during the early stages of the pandemic. You know what to do. It's the same thing with China. When people are asking, you know, are are Canadians safe in China? Well, Canadians know what the situation is. Well, what kind of answer is that? And this is what we're starting to expect more from all our politicians, Scott, and not, ju- and not just Justin Trudeau, really. Yep. You know, I find that Canadians are now looking for real guidance, real words, um, overarching messages that we can actually believe in without leaving it to our own devices to fill in the blanks. And I think that there are crises that define every politician ahead of state. And either they define you in a good way or they define you in a bad way. Or maybe in some cases they just define you in a very neutral way that you are neither here nor there. And I don't think that any politician wants to be remembered for being wishy-washy. You know, we need them to be, you know, what I call sort of the um, the comforter-in-chief. And I think that played well at the beginning, but now we're looking at hard and fast answers because... People are starting to, get, if we're talking about the pandemic, you know, people are starting to get out of their homes. They're starting to do grocery shopping. I mean, I drove here, you know, to my to my office. and Yeah, traffic's getting busy. Of, yeah, the traffic is busy. So, yeah, you know, Premier Ford is still kept, has kept us to a state of emergency till June 30th. But there are people who are out there. So I think that we just want um, consistent direction that is evidence-based, and that we can believe in. And if we're talking about race relations, and I'm not an expert in this, but I, was, but I would think that for somebody to, you know, if, uh, if they were asking me about um, the best communication practices, then I would say start talking to some of your experts. Start talking to some of your community leaders or your leaders on a, with a national perspective. Start gathering your information to inform yourself. And that doesn't need to take a long time. Everybody's got a great, you know, lack of a better word, Rolodex or list of contacts mm-hmm. where they can call upon people. Take that information and start to distill it, distill it into a short-term, medium-term, and long-term plan of action. And even just saying those words in terms of, yes, we're starting to think about this with our own country versus 21 seconds of silence is a lot better. Uh, we're uh, getting word uh, that uh, announce, an announcement is on the way in regard to additional charges uh, for the officers in the George Floyd case. Uh, do you think that is going to cap some of the protest demonstrations? Maybe. Um, I don't know. I think that the, the demonstrations, as at least as of last night, are definitely a lot more peaceful I don't think that, I think what, what the black community is worrying about, that once the news cycle ends on this, that yeah. people who care about this will move on to the next. Um, you know, you saw yesterday where a number of people in their Instagram feeds just blacked out, literally and figuratively, um, sort of as a moment of silence in, in respect for 
Black Lives Matter, although I have some issues about that and the way that that was executed, whether that was, um, you know, that was a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, I think that people are looking for answers and are not looking for things to be swept under the rug. So I think they're looking for forward momentum and continued progress. But do I think that that will quell uh, a lot of the demonstrations, maybe to some extent, or it's impossible to say people are very fired up about this. They're very passionate about this and they want to see continued change. As I said, this is just the tip of the iceberg. What happens has to deal with the systemic problem um, going forward. How do we keep this from going to the extremes? How do we keep it on, on, on issue so both sides can meet as opposed to going to extreme issues and then one side say, ah, you know what, this discussion's useless. And, 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 and I'm seeing this with, with comments in regard, and, and I'm, not, I'm not defending the police here. Obviously, there's, there's issues that need to be addressed there. Um, but, you know, we're hearing like, uh, you know, defund the police, uh, get rid of the police. I mean, how how does that add to the discussion? Because obviously that's just as extreme a view as the opposite one. The solution is in the middle. How do we keep it there? I think that we have to keep talking. Now, if you talk to the black community and I myself have been paying a lot more attention than I ever have before to black voices and the points of view and from what I'm hearing is, is that we've sat down with mayors, we've sat at the table, we've sat with our government officials right. and, you know, nothing. they give us a lip service, but nothing really changes. Yeah. So I think that instead of lip service, you actually have to start doing something and just meeting with a community group and hoping that they'll go away is not going to happen with the black community. Yeah. And this is where the rubber hits the road. So people are sick and tired of being quiet People are Mm -hmm. sick and tired of the non-action and the injustices, and we're speaking specifically of the black community, that have been happening and they fear will continue to happen. So it's all great that we're joining hands right now, but how do we really link arms and create systemic change? So we don't just all look at this and say, okay, um, you're talking to us and we've given you some ideas. So what are some of those ideas you're now going to implement? And we're seeing some things happen organically. We're seeing it with police forces across the U.S. where they are marching with the black community, where they are kneeling with the black community. And that's a start. That's a start, Scott. But that's not going to cut it. What's going to cut it is real action and real discussion. Alyssa Freeman has been with us, a public relations consultant, Alyssa PR. Alyssa, as always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Be well. And you too, Scott. Be well. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.